Hello and welcome to the Screen Chronicles. I'm Colby. With me as always is Steve. And today we have a very special guest. He portrays Edward on The Last Kingdom. Timothy Innes, welcome to the Screen Chronicles. Thank you. Thanks. I am... Um... I went to take a sip of my mug to seem like nonchalant. Yeah. And nearly spilled it all over me. <laughs> Happens. Happens I, I didn't know. <laughs> really nonchalant. Really? <laughs> How are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. There's um there's like uh, all this um new like COVID stuff coming out today in um really? in England, yeah. So uh to kind of get rid of the COVID scaries, I um went for a run and listened to some like banging 80s tunes and oh, pretend nice. I've been like a John Hughes movie or something and uh, it managed to do the job for a bit so that's cool what kind yeah. of 80s tunes you listen to ah so so John Farnham the voice okay uh, fucking bang are we allowed to swear on this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah fuck yeah fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> shit <laughs> awesome. uh, yeah uh, boys uh, boys of summer by like Don, there are all these like new ones that kind of come up on Spotify. Mm, and awesome. I'm like, this is just like, do you know, like kind of like where, you, where, you, where you're walking down the street and you're like nodding along. Yeah. And yeah, you, yeah. Don't get, you don't get who sees you. <laughs> There's like a new trend I noticed too of like uh, new bands that are playing old like 80s style, 70s style music too. Yeah. One from England called The Struts. Do you know them? No, I don't. No, oh, yeah. no, no. Check them out. That's pretty good stuff. I feel like it's a new trend. Everybody's going old school again. Yeah. Yeah. Like even that, like, was it the weekend song that was kind of the song of lockdown? Yes. That's yeah. like proper kind of 80s yeah. roots to it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I think he, actually... he definitely likes 80s music and stuff because he does Dirty Diana from uh, oh, yeah. Michael Jackson. And yeah. I, I kind of like his version of Dirty Diana better than Michael Jackson's. Like, yeah, be a little blasphemous for people out there, but it's it's really good. Steve, yeah. we don't need more controversy here. <laughs> Get this podcast canceled. Yeah. We're trying. Yeah, <laughs> Tim, I think I, boundaries. Yeah, I think I saw you play the drums, though. Is that correct? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, I um I play with well when like live music was still going with my brother and his um yeah. his band is. Uh, Joe Innocent, The Cavalcade. That's uh, cool. a plug. But, yeah, a little plug um, there. Everybody check them out. Unplug it. Um, uh, yeah, so kind of like drummed with uh, him and his band like like for like over gigs in London and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Um, and yeah, it was it was a great kind of alternative to um, uh, acting when there wasn't, you know, in between jobs and that kind of thing. And you mm -hmm. can kind of literally let loose on a, a drum kit. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. When did you start playing? Oh, I played when I, I started playing when I was in year seven. So I was a big fan of The Police and Stuart Copeland. Sweet. Because like his um his like he kind of combined like so many different styles of drumming. So I started like learning the drums and I was I was kind of um I was kind of like I was like a like a kind of chubby kid when I was younger. And so like anything to try and get cool street cred. <laughs> um but yeah. obviously it takes a while to get good at the drums um yeah. so uh, you know yeah so since i was oh year seven so i must have been like maybe 11 or 12 or something in secondary school and kind of fell in love with it there really 
Yeah, I took drum lessons for like two years. And, you know, you don't think about it when you're watching someone play drums, but you got to have like independence of every, your arms, your legs, like everything's got to be going on its own. It's, yeah. it's impressive, you know. Yeah. <laughs> playing the and drums. like if you, if you misstep one thing, like the whole band is fucked and you're just like, <laughs> sorry guys, let's retake it again. But yeah, it was a good, and it's also really cathartic as well, just to like get it all out. Yeah, it's kind of like jam with other kind of musicians and just play like long form and just yeah. go with what the other guys are doing. That's awesome. Yeah, Obi can shred a, sa uh, a sax. A sax. Obi can shred a guitar. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, we have intro music into our thing. That's, my, that's one of my bands. Mm. Um, I don't know if anybody knows that, but the music that we play at the beginning. So, yeah, cool. But, did you, um, how, did you, how did you know I played the drums? Was it the... Um, um, so, drum kit behind me. <laughs> um, well, I think you're pinned. I don't know if it's pinned on Twitter or your last tweet on Twitter is you kind of rattling off. Oh, I think I got yeah, some helmets yeah, yeah. or something too. So it's like, yeah. And also I think it's on your Wikipedia. It says you're a drummer. Yeah. Um, on that day we were like waiting for ages for, um, I think we were waiting for like a turnaround or something. And it was quite a, like a huge scene. And uh, there was just loads of these like different, uh kind of materials in front of me like a helmet and there was literally like loads of sticks stuck together yeah. like a xylophone and i oh. just started like drumming and then mark rowley just like started filming it yeah and um and uh that was it you caught a rhythm and caught a rhythm right, and right there. went whiplash on it yeah <laughs> that's pretty awesome that's a good movie yeah it's a great movie right yeah you, like the first time I saw the trailer, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a film about drumming." And then you watch it, and you're like, "Oh, there's there's so much more to this movie." You know, I love the end too. It's just, just like the the battle between the two of them, and just and yeah, oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, it was the first time I was in a cinema where the audience started to applaud. Really? And I was like, "Okay, this is what we're doing now." Great. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So it sounds like you got into music at a pretty young age. When did you get into acting? I think it was around the similar time of, um, of trying to find an alley to kind of, um, I don't know, for want of a better term, like find myself, even saying that kind of sounds pretentious. But no, no. Yeah, I think it was, it was around the same time that I got cast in uh, a production, Wind in the Willows, which was like the school's big production of the year. And I was cast as the lead, as uh, Toad. And I was just like amongst all these older kids, all these older cool kids in the school, and I was the youngest. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool that I'm kind of the lead of this thing and I'm getting to hang out with all the cool older kids. And then I kind of got involved. And then I saw like uh, My Own Private Idaho and like fell in love with River Phoenix and like James Dean and all those classic like yeah. young teen actors people get into uh, and then i joined like a really good youth theater that um was in the area but it didn't just do like musicals it did like brecht plays and um like all these interesting uh like plays by these writers which i'd never really heard about and then through that they kind of had these uh people come in to visit and do talks who are drama school and I, it was then I kind of realized I was kind of talking to this guy who was at RADA and it didn't seem like a crazy dream. It seemed really tangible that 
you know, I could, that's actually a job and people, it's hard, but people actually earn a living from it. And uh, I think I was really lucky to have those kind of things come up and uh, uh, have the right people to go, yeah, why not try it? Awesome. Yeah, you got into it pretty young then too, I guess. Season three, you seem pretty young there. Not as, about- not as young as you look in season one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but my, that's how good I am. Yeah. I'm more. <laughs> well, the makeup department. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. How did you become involved in The Last Kingdom, though? I got a uh, audition come through um, and then uh, went in to do the audition. And it was actually, it was actually like I got it through and the next, um, but it was, the audition was when I was supposed to, I was flying to um, Ireland just for like a holiday in Ireland. And I read the thing come through and I was like, ah, oh, I've actually got a pretty good chance of getting this. Um, oh, yeah? yeah. And I was like, but I'm not going to be able to make the audition. Shit. So I like oh, rang my man. agent and I was like, hey, I'm supposed to be flying that day. Is there any chance of getting like it moved to the morning? And luckily they moved it to the morning. So I like turned up on, I think it was a Friday morning and then did the audition and then flew to Ireland, drank a load, lot, lots and lots of Guinness. And then <laughs> on the Tuesday of the next week or the Wednesday, I was at like an airport in Ireland, really hung over. And then I got an email through going, oh, you've got the recall on Friday. So then I was like, okay, I need to really prepare now. So yeah. I prepared and then I turned up on, on, the, on, the, on the Friday and um, met the director and the producer in the recall. And the director was like, so have you, have you been up to anything recently? Like meaning, have you been working in anything? And I went, uh, yeah, I've, I've just been to Ireland and been hiking and drinking lots of yeah. Guinness. And then <laughs> that was not what he meant. But yeah, from then on, I, then I got the call like a couple of weeks later. So yeah. That's awesome. Were, were you a fan of the show before that? No, I, I, I never watched it, but my sister had. Oh, really? My sister, a big fan, yeah. So um, she couldn't believe it that I... Uh, got the part and i think i was like okay i hope i don't ruin it for you so i think i think uh yeah but i'd never seen the show no did it ruin it for you, you being in it? sorry oh yeah definitely yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah sure we, we talked to uh ruby hartley and uh her brother was a big fan before she got into it yeah and, and now he just he can't believe that she's in it but, <laughs> but he got the meet utrid though so that's that's a positive for him yes yeah 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 that's a that's a that's a big factor there was there was a thing like i i had a i was i was in the middle of this job when i got the part i had to ring my boss up and be like hey man i'm I'm sorry i won't be able to continue working because i've just got this acting job and he was like oh that's fine that's fine that's fine what is it what have you what have you got and i was like oh i've got a part in the last kingdom (laughs) and he was like oh my name is Uhtred, son of Uhtred, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, oh, I love that show. So I was like, hey. <laughs> right. That's awesome. And I mean, not only did you get a part in The Last King, you got a, a pretty sweet role uh, as Edward. And not only in the show, but also a historical figure. Um, so once yeah. you got the role, what kind of, what did you do to get ready for it? Uh, yeah, I um, kind of spent a lot of time in the library. Um, I started to read the books that mm-hmm. it was based on. And 
quickly like binging through the series and looking up the part of Edward and like the history, the history around him. It was, it was interesting because it was a form of history that I'd never really looked into. And yet it's such an important part of English history. And um, yeah. like King Alfred was probably one of the greatest Kings that this country has ever seen. And it's all the stuff that he, he like at that, that time of just like Danes invading and, I think it's just, um, and also Ethel fled. Like, yeah, everyone should be told about her. Like, she was like such an incredible figure in our history. Yes, they did so many things, way more than I think Ed Edward did. I think, like, even in the books, it nods to the fact that she is much more of a ruler than he is, and yet no one knows anything about her, which is a shame. I think. Yeah, his whole family, Alfred's whole family, is. Uh, sort of sort of unknown I guess you know sort of uh, something that people discover through this show I think and be like wow that was really important um, I mean yeah. I know there's a lot of even colleges here in America that are like the Alfred Saxons or something yeah. like that we have an Alfred um, Saxons and oh, I, really? I never Alfred University yeah yeah, I think yeah. It's Alfred State or Alfred University and they're the Saxons yeah the Saxons are the wow. mascot so it's it's just so crazy though that it's it's so unknown but it's so like important I guess for like our Western, our modern Western society, you know? Oh yeah. Like, and it, it, you know, when we were doing season three and I mean, it's still going on all the Brexit stuff, mm -hmm. but you know, if it just shows like this countries are always being invaded and always um, like so many, it's so, it's always been culturally like mixed and it's the way it should be. And, you know, it should have all these like people from all backgrounds and, 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 and it, that's what makes the country richer. And like the fact that people are thinking of, you know, wanting to leave Europe is, is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's quite frustrating because you're like, this has been happening even in ninth century. Like, yeah, it's anyway. kind of weird now we're trying to put more, I guess, walls between each other. And mm. I mean, we've always been mixing our, each other up. I mean, uh, yeah. It was the Britons were there, Saxons came in, then the Danes came in, and then yeah. like it's it's all just been like a melting pot since then, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so when you were getting ready for the show, did you ever like reference like David Dawson's Alfred and like any of his acting and and think maybe help that influence you or anything? Oh yeah, yeah. I I think the character is just in the shadow of his father, right? Right. And it's it's like the learning and living up to the greatness that was Alfred. Yeah. And in a way, there wasn't really any acting <laughs> needed <laughs> for that because David Dawson is a genius. Um, the like, I think on my first day, like I I think it was my first day. I was kind of like wandering around set. And David was like, oh, have you seen the hall? Do you know the hall with the throne, the throne room? And I was like, no, I haven't. No. And we were both in costume. And he took me there and there was no one else there. And he just sat on his throne and I sat next to him. He was just like showing me on, on, on all the walls. There's all this like kind of tapestry images of these great battles and stuff. And he's like, see that that's your great grandfather and that. That's your great great grandfather. That was a battle, and and I was like kind of slouching. And he goes, no, 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 never slouch. Sit up, sit up. Never show weakness. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> the, <laughs> they, and we were both in costume, and it was just like 
such a such a kind of kind thing for him to do. Yeah. And really, really wasn't um, a special moment in kind of forming the character and my yeah. bond with him, you know? Wow. I think awesome. I said to you, Steve, when we did our episode recaps, even in season four, um, I, I just said to Steve, what did I say? I said something like, I could hear Alfred, like when you would talk sometimes, or mm. sometimes the way you would respond to Uhtred, I, it was like, you can definitely tell that that's Alfred's son, you know? Mm. Like, uh, after like Uhtred's uh, beating, and then you come down to see him, I think yeah. there's, there's definitely sort of yeah. an Alfred-ish moment between you and Uhtred there. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, yeah I think, played it well for sure. Oh, thanks. The and also the the costume as well, like Molly Rowe. Um, yeah, I don't know if you if you noticed, but halfway through the season four, at the start, I'm quite like I've quite got these long flowing robes, and I'm I've got mm-hmm. this like Robert Plant hair, and uh, <laughs> and and, um, and, and it's all kind of it's all very just anti Alfred. It's very the opposite. But then yeah. halfway through when I want to kind of lay the law down and I go to Mercia, my costume is completely different and it's all like tight buttoned up and it's exactly like um, Alfred's, like Alfred's. Um, very constricted. Um, yeah, that definitely helped with that element of it. Well, that's awesome. We had Molly Rowe on and we, and we talked about some of those nuances, uh, especially with you, with um, Edward. And um, did you have any input into your own costume? No, 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 I I trusted her completely. I mean, sure. she um, she knows exactly what looks good and what's appropriate, and yeah. I, just, I completely put my trust in her, yeah. and kind of um, based based my um, body language and appearance on that. Yeah. Cool. Were you surprised where your character went in season four? Because at the end of season three, he seems like a very promising up and coming leader. And then yeah. uh, we were predicting before the season that it was going to be Aylesworth who was sort of getting in his way, but he was kind of in his own way. Uh, could, did you know that's what you was going into or what did you expect? I still didn't know it by the end of it. Um, <laughs> and what, what I mean by that is that I was so surprised when it came out mm-hmm. and people like really being frustrated by him and like almost like hating him. Because when I was doing the character, obviously, like, as an actor, you're supposed to find the reasons for why you're doing these things. So you legitimize everything you're doing. So you're like, yeah, I'm not going to listen to her. I'm not going to listen to her. I'm going to listen to him because he's like the guy or to simplify it that way. Or you just you just find the reasons why you do the things you're doing. And so when it came to me watching it and seeing the reactions, I was like, oh wow you're a fucking idiot like especially in the last last episode or no the the penultimate one and i just run back we're on with the army towards wessex and we're just like we're just trying again i literally face planted my head and i was like what are you doing like it was like watching (laughs) someone else you're like you're a fucking idiot like listen to your mom listen to your sister um, but when I was kind of doing it, I was just going along because I was like, yeah, this is what I do next. This is what I'm, this is right. I've got to keep Wessex safe and just like not do any bold actions kind of thing. Wow. Um, yeah. So it was a real surprise when, especially on like people, like the fans reactions and stuff. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't think Edward thought that he was 
being evil or any, I mean, obviously you didn't think that either, but I guess, yeah, it was frustrating because it, the way it seemed at the end of three, maybe he's going to pick up for Alfred, but he does have yeah. that shadow looming over him and he's trying to be his own man and listen to his own ideas. Yeah. And I, and I can see too where Edward's frustration is and I can see where the weight on Edward's shoulder is in, in, in season four, especially the one scene I think really depicts it well is early on when you guys go kind of back, there's like a ceremony going on. I think you guys are like anointing Elfled and you're, they focus on you and you hear all the voices of everybody trying to pull you in different directions and different opinions. And I just thought that was just so well done just to kind of exemplify that pressure that's on you, you know? Yeah. It kind of just sums up. The, all the all the like different different points of view that he's experiencing and it's like literally the weight weight of the crown and weight of the wessex on his shoulders so that was that was fun to play in that scene um also the um the it was it was kind of that thing of you know when you're like don't blink don't blink yeah. don't blink don't blink don't blink. <laughs> <laughs> just keep 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 your eyes open um because uh, yeah, I guess I guess that uh, that that was that was what was that wasn't the thing that was motivating me during the scene. No, yeah, oh, no, but... I'm much of a better actor than that. But that <laughs> camera was just constantly zooming in on you, yeah. And the voices kind of became sort of drowned out. Like it didn't matter what they were saying, but it just yeah, 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 just a really well executed scene. And I think like the season does a great job just throughout, just kind of showing even some of the feelings toward Ethelflaed. Maybe you could talk a little bit about sort of kind of a jealousy there or yeah i think there's just seeing um she's just doing what he should be doing i think he's seeing mm. that i think he's just you know she's proving to proving to be such a you know a better leader and a better warrior and just a better person to unite the kingdoms and fulfill our father's prophecy you know there's that kind of ego there where you're just mm. seeing what you should be doing and and uh, you're like fucking it up so yeah there was an element of that as well and also with having all those voices kind of giving their opinions at you as well just spirals and spirals till you lose control in a way i feel like most of the season he's trying to just grab hold of any yeah. sort of control and failing most of the time but you know, as a young king, he's trying his best. Yeah, and that's just it. And, and you know, just showing how he's living in Alfred's shadow and what Alfred was doing was not so easy. You know, mm. it's, it's cool. One of mm. our favorite scenes, though, from Edward, I guess the first time he starts to practice his his king powers is when he decides to side with Uhtred at the yes. was it Bamfot. Right against Heston. Yeah, he gets they're going to draw Heston out. Yeah, and Alfred doesn't want to do it, but Edward. Yeah, yeah, and you, you guys, in the the snow there on the horses, and uh, mm. the, the choice you have to make that was such a good fucking it's, scene. It's like one of my yeah. favorite moments from like the entire show. Yeah. Oh, cool. I forget that it's actually two episodes. Like it's the end of one and the beginning of the other. Because I think when Steve and I watched it together, we just watched it straight through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it gives us goosebumps every time that part. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you could talk about what it was like to, to film that. Wow. Yeah, that was back in season three, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I remember it was so much snow. It, on, on, the, on the beginning of the week, there was so much most snow I've ever seen. Like we were driving there and yeah. it was just white outside the window. 
and uh, we arrived and then it was we were doing the whole battle in one week and then by the third day I think all the snow had melted yeah. because the sun came out so they were then <laughs> they were then fit this guy came in with the fake snow yeah and you saw this guy just coloring in basically like <laughs> glorified coloring in with just like coloring in all the trees with this snow and um so there was there was a lot of i think um anxiety about getting it all done and you know uh -huh. as it always is in battle week i think yeah and i kind of had realized that this was the first turning point for my character and my first like kind of big bit to do in the series and yeah i just remember being there on the horse uh being with david um ian and boosh and we all there like facing the battle and i think actually to begin with they were i was we were seeing actually all the fighting happening and then oh. due to like scheduling and stuff they're then like were moved out so they you're then like kind of visualizing all this like monstrosity that's happening in front of you it's always like knowing how far on the dial to play it because okay. you're obviously seeing all this slaughter you don't want to do like too much but you don't want to do too little because you're and it kind of i think once you're in that position you're in this like three-dimensional set where you're literally seeing fighting happen and you're in snow you're on horses and you're surrounded by all these great actors so it is just like knowing the lines and kind of giving it um yeah yeah it was it was i remember at the end of the day like i was it was pretty um i mean it's it's it's, it's not like being down a mine or whatever but yeah you know there was a lot of kind of intense um kind of shouty acting <laughs> one yeah. of a better term and uh, at the end of the day it was kind of that's done. Yeah. And um, John East, who was directing that, was he said, yeah, we thought that looked great. So, yeah. Okay. Was, yeah. I was going to ask if you knew you guys nailed it, like when you did it, like if you knew. Because oh, no. I, I, I mean, I don't know about the other guys, but I, I always have, I'm always kind of seeking perfection in a, mm -hmm. in a thing. I guess that's the kind of bittersweet thing about art or acting is that you're always trying to grab this, like, perfection that can't be held on to and you always go i always go away thinking oh i could have done this could have done that or tried it that way but you know you at the end of the day you just gotta let it go but yeah yeah i've never <laughs> i never like kind of ever walked away and been like yeah fucking yeah. nailed <laughs> <laughs> how about was, when you it was perfect though i mean yeah. it was just the subtle way to after you you yell the charge and alfred just kind of like nods the snap yeah, but just real quick alfred. just like real quick mm -hmm. Oh man, it was mm. so good. It's just a great wave that just Edward took that next step. And then I also love when you go and talk to him later and apologize. And that scene just kind of the reconciliation when I think he says something like, You did not behave as an Ethling would or something, but you beha behaved as a king would. Yeah, yeah. I like how you start kind of apologizing but saying I don't regret it. And he's like, uh, well, you took my men and swore them to a known traitor, and you're just like, Well, when when you say it like that, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it's, it is just like you know that you know father son rivalry mm -hmm. that's kind of universal isn't it yeah of, um yeah. of uh even if it's ninth century and you're talking about like leading an army and going against it's still you know just like i caught you with a pack of cigarettes on friday <laughs> never want to see that again kind of thing yeah 
Well, it's all, that's what we love about season three, though, is seeing the growth of Edward and seeing the father-son relationship. I mean, that's what I think about when I think of that season, really. Yeah. And um, could you maybe just talk about what your mindset was like that for like season three and then maybe compared to season four? Yeah. Wow. Um, we're getting into it now. Aren't we? <laughs> well, I mean, we. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess the mindset was, I mean, all of my scenes were with David. The character is watching and learning from Dave, from Al Alfred. And, you know, I was kind of doing the same of just watching wow. David work and um, the way he approaches uh, text and the way he approaches, you know, his kind of way of acting. And then when it got to when David dies, yeah, I was, the, I think the scene, I can't remember which scene it was, but it was the first time I'm sitting in the chair and I think I'm with Uhtred and Finnan and they're going, what do you want to do? And, you know, it was that thing of just being like, where's David gone? <laughs> like, yeah. it, it's that just like, okay, let's hit the ground running and try and work this way out and problem solving. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think at the, by the end of that, you know, the, he's making all these decisions when he like pardons Uhtred in that mm -hmm. big um, courtyard scene. And then when they go to battle, you know, that's him finding his feet and, and, and becoming the king that, that he's been training for. Yeah, I guess season four was um, then that into action, but still like problem solving and making mistakes and, you know, being, being that person who's making all the decisions, whether they're right or wrong. Speaking of the battle, you had a, a pretty awesome speech before the battle at the end of season three. Yeah. And I, I remember, I think the, the previous speech we had heard before that was like David Dawson's No Mercy speech in season one. Uh, mm. how, how would it feel for you then when you were given that pre-battle speech to the men? How was that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, when you read that, you're like, fucking great. <laughs> and then when it comes to the night before, you're like, oh okay this is happening now and then you get to the day and you you start to begin to get like um anxious or you start overthinking it you just gotta like i just try put it out of my mind and just do it. i remember like taking a lot of um just just like quiet moments just beforehand to try and gather my thoughts or like to have a sense of like calm before yeah and then i discovered i think it was like because it's about the soil the, the yeah. men in the soil forefathers yeah forefathers yeah. and i i put yeah. my I, actually I, I was like i was i was going i was kind of rehearsing the speech and i was like okay what if i throw i like put the sword in the ground and it's kind of this you know it, a sword in the ground is very you know arthur and it's very you know it's it has all this kind of meaning behind it and and then when I took, I kind of get, did did the speech, and then I took the sword out, and I realised that there was soil on the sword, and I was yeah. like, oh, this could work. Yeah. And then um, and then it kind of worked in the um, as as they yeah the forefathers in the soil, and it it was um, turned out to be very um, very organic the way it all kind of happened. Yeah. And um, and the message of it. Yeah. That's awesome. When you're doing that, does it feel kind of more like a performative, almost like a, like a studio wrestling kind of thing where you feel like you actually have to hype up this, these, these guys in front of you? Is that how it feels yeah. more compared to like a scene between characters? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's like different, different 
pitching and whatever and also because you know the, the and the writing as well like that that it was just like it kind of works for itself really um because it's so good yeah but i remember the first time i did it it was it was in front of like all these uh, supporting artists and um and uh they i don't think they had been told to like cheer at the end so i was like i finished it with this like big like before and there was just silence <laughs> and i was like well, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> all right let's go battle then <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah let's do that let's go let's go um, I think the director then said, oh yeah, give a big cheer. And then once that had all, once we had found the kind of rhythm of the scene, it was just like, oh great, this is working. And, yeah. um, and also as a, like a big fan of Lord of the Rings and, you know, I, I remember being in the playground and reenacting like Aragon on the oh. Helm Deep. And there, yeah. was a, there was a bit of me just like doing this going, I'm getting paid to do this, this is, this is, fucking great you know that's so, awesome yeah. dude that's oh man was it Do you know the scene le- i'm talking about oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 oh yeah we love lord of the rings man oh yeah. man I, I my mate showed me this video recently it's nine hours long and it starts off it's like lord of the rings normal normal up to oh. the point where sam goes this is it and i think i took- sent this to you steve <laughs> it's like every time i take a step <laughs> i this is the farthest away from home if I've yes been. yes Frodo that's it goes, yeah Frodo goes, <laughs> Frodo goes come on sam and then he walks and then it just cuts to another point in the film where he takes a step and it goes back and it's so dumb but really brilliant funny. oh yeah i sent that to you steve did you watch it all Oh, not, not yeah. all of it. Yeah. That was, <laughs> was a surprising amount of it, though. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A surprising amount where you're like, I've just wasted 15 minutes doing this. But well, Was that made by the same guy who made those other funny ones? Uh, I think, yeah, the Lord of the Rings or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's spelled wrong. But yeah, I, I first started watching it and I was like, all right, I'm enjoying Lord of the Rings. You know, and then, <laughs> then that happens. No, you're not. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. awesome. And then you get to do a pretty awesome charge into the battle after that. It's a pretty mm. sweet battle. Could you maybe talk a little bit about what it was like to do that battle? Oh, yeah. Well, at the end of season three. Oh, the end of season three battle. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, he says, um, <laughs> cool. Um, but that was, <laughs> a, that was, a, that, <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a day when I think it's when I'm like, I'm like for our forefathers and we like ride in on the horse. And, you know, I, I thought, I thought we were just like on the horse and then forefathers and then you go. And this, and I think my agent was visiting that day on set and there'd been a lot of waiting around and I wasn't sure if we were going to get to do it. And it was at the end of the day and we're like, Oh, time's running out. And then uh, the director came over and he was like, okay, we're doing it. We're doing it. So I was like, great. And, uh, and then I got on the horse and then I was told I was to dismount, not like the way you n- normally do, but in front of, so you like kick the legs over the horse's head. Yeah. And I had never done that before. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, are we, are we going to have, we're going to have like time to practice that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had like a couple of, a couple of minutes like doing it. And then <laughs> there were like uh, action 
and like my agent's just like <laughs> watching and I like dismount wrongly Oof. and start and go for our forefathers and start like marching, like running. And then I run so fast. I'm not, I don't even trip it over anything. I just like, I just face planted, like just flat on the floor leading these men. And I just got up and I just saw Harry, Harry McIntyre's face. Oh, and he just went to the screen and filmed it. <laughs> and then oh, no. it was all over our group WhatsApp. <laughs> and I've never been able to live it down because it's, so, I'm, I'm just going with such like power saying for our forefathers, leading these men. And then I just fall over nothing and hit the floor. It's like, apart from that, it was, uh, it was pretty, it was really um, cool. <laughs> Fun moment. But. You should be like, hey, it's historically accurate, guys. I found it. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fell. It's a little really detail. I did it on purpose, fell. you know. <laughs> yeah. Can we keep it? Let's keep it. Yeah. <laughs> just, you got to just own it. You just got to own it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, those, those moments when you're just kind of like leading a charge of uh, an army to battle and yeah, that's what I love it's... to hear too is like that for you that's like a dream come true I mean you played that as a kid you know so that's, that's what's really cool to hear about like when you're doing it on the show it's just yeah, it means a lot to you for appreciation yeah. for it it's so super cool yeah that... I guess it's there, there are days when you you kind of forget what you're doing and it's only that you just kind of snap out of it and you look around and you're like this is everything I signed up for when I kind of wanted to be an actor so it's um yeah it's cool yeah and then in season four we have that amazing battle at Teton Hall <clears throat> and this actually won we had our little Arsling awards that we did just um gave some awards out for season four and this actually won our best battle moment is when you save your uh Ethel Flood oh yeah in the battle I mean when I was watching this uh, for the first time I literally jumped off the couch and was like, yeah, Edward, let's go. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's strange because I haven't received any award in the post or anything. No, Steve. Um, um, I think that's the that? Academy's fault, honestly. Um, it's not yeah. us. Listen, we don't like, we don't make we, those we, decisions. We host. We, we host. host it. It's not right. us. Right, okay. So who do I get in contact with to get Top men. Top, oh, top okay. men. Top men. Okay. <laughs> we don't even know who they are. <laughs> I mean, this is super official stuff. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that was um, that was a cool uh, that was a cool moment. Yeah, when I read that in the script, I was like, great, great, let's do more of this. Yes. What, what's it like to try to capture a moment like that? Actually, quite quite filled with a lot of anxiety. Actually, really, because <laughs> there's because there's especially in like battle week as well. You, I had no idea. It was kind of you. You, you don't really know how much of an impact it is when you see it. Okay. I mean, when, when it got to the day, I was, you know, wondering how they'd get the shot or if I would actually have to fire a bow, probably not. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, um, but when it, when it came down to it, so you think it is quite like a big moment, but on the day it was just like, okay, let's now, let's get the shot of Edward firing the bow and uh, dismounting. And also, cause it's so, Un, I mean, I'm saying the obvious here, but it's so unrealistic. I, I don't, I didn't actually have a, like an arrow in my hand, but I was just like, I also just doing a little ping on the, on the bow <laughs> and uh, kind of looking, looking stoically, stoically into the distance. Um, 
yeah it's uh yeah you don't really know how much of a um impact it is until you see it and you're like oh because obviously the the, the with the editing and right yeah and the arc of the story and it's, it was also quite a relief because i'd made a lot of mistakes up until that point and since then like a character wise just like not making oh, the right yeah. decisions and stuff and uh when i had that moment i was like oh yeah nice <laughs> it, it was an epic moment for sure um yeah. Mm-hmm. and then you get I off thinking yeah. he's gonna turn around there's always like points where like oh here we go this is where edwards he's gonna take the reins he he does a cool bow lower and like oh here he comes and then mm-hmm. then he starts kind of being not as uh as great as a leader again and you're like come on come on and then, <laughs> and then he's then he's nice to utre and you're like oh here we go here we go you know and it just it just keeps doing that um but i'm, yeah. I'm hoping in season five though I'm, I'm hoping he's coming right out of the gate yeah 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 uh, and have, he, he'll have like some sort of um, like double bow now. With, <laughs> yes, with maybe like a like a like a big old spear or something. Yeah, <laughs> just a bigger bow, just a giant a one. Bigger, spear, <laughs> like, spear-sized arrows, <laughs> like a comically-sized bow <laughs> yeah. that could not work in any usual situation. But he makes it work. Does Edwards? He um, yeah. he. Uh, he does it. He does it good. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully season five will, um, you know, he'll become the king that everyone wants him to be. Totally. I mean, I know like, it's just, it seems like he's just so many challenges and he's kind of thrust into this situation in Mercia where like you kind of see his side of it though, too. Like this country is not stable at all. Is it really his place to intervene? But like he wants to continue to have United Kingdoms. So you also do see his motivation. I feel like, in it yeah and you can kind of you see where he's coming from a lot of the time mm. and plus ethelhelm kind of takes liberty to do whatever he wants with your orders too so yeah yeah <laughs> and and, not, and also the other eldermen in in mercia who mm-hmm. are kind of doing their own thing yeah it's 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 you know some moments i was just like oh listen to you listen to your mom listen to your sister but yeah you know. yeah one of oh, the great ahead. scenes uh, you were just talking about the the mercian uh lords is when uh, this one guy who's been pushing for his son to be the Lord of Mercy he keeps pushing. Oh, this is pushing. Epic. He's this really annoying guy. And all of a sudden, Bergrid. he comes up to yeah, that, he comes up to uh, Edward, and he's kind of threatening him, uh, saying he's going to take it. And then you just think, but Edward's Edward's just chilling out. You know, he's not phased by this at all. And he's like, "This is something a king would do," or something along those lines. He says, "Like uh, you forget, I'm a king, and I wield power like a king." That yeah. moment was epic, man. That was. It had to be fun yeah. to do. <laughs> oh, it was, man. It was. It's because um, because obviously these he's he's being threatened by uh, Borgred, and um, and obviously the guards are like going. I think we made that decision on, on the day um, of of you know he's threatening him, so these two, these guards should intervene. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, of having just a like a, a start. It's it's almost quite a. You see a lot of kings doing this. See it a lot. Kind of, Mm-hmm. in 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 like uh paintings and paintings artwork yeah yeah of imagery of that time and it's it, it kind of it kind of has a symbol symbolization of power but also exactly yeah faith as well i think it's quite something um uh religious in that as well so the the kind of use of just stopping stopping that the cards and going no i can i can fuck with this guy on my own thank you very much <laughs> and uh giving him that warning and also, I thought it was a really great 
editor uh, and um, editing and direction of Ben cutting to the boy and being taken away. Yeah. Um, with while the, you still uh, talk over it too. Uh, and, yeah, I thought yeah. that was a great a great uh, direction. Um, totally. And and yeah, that was a fun scene. I think I did a lot of work on that one actually. Okay. Because you know, just knowing knowing what how much power to you know give and whatever. Totally. Now, when you get off, kind of backing it back up to the Battle of Teton Hall, when you get off the horse, you, you go in, you have a couple cool uh, beats in the battle yourself, and then Stayapa meets his end. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does it by saving you as well. Could you talk maybe about your approach to kind of seeing his death and receiving his death in the show? Because you look like mortified when it yeah, happens. Yeah, that was a fun day, actually, with Boosh. Um, mm-hmm. Adrian Boucher, sorry. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I realized I've been saying Boosh. Um, and uh, it was me, him, and Jamie who played. Um, um, Airwolf, yeah. Airwolf, yeah. yeah. And uh, we're, we're in this, like, I think it was like 30 degree Hungarian heat, and we're in all this, like, furs and, you know, all these. Because you rehearse in such a. You rehearse the fights, so, like, a week before in this, like, big, spacious area. And then when you get to the day, obviously the space is reduced because the amount of essays that were involved in all of the the battle. And so it was quite like wondering when to get the shot. And then we got round to it. We I think we only had time for a couple of takes. And I think I was just watching. I think what what they had was like a paper mache round ball with liquid in it. So when the guy was like cutting it it just like exploded. So that was what I was really looking at. Okay. Um, so it wasn't was Adrian's like, real head. <laughs> no, surprisingly not. Okay. I thought I you guys would have gone, you know, go big, go I home, thought he was method. <laughs> Adrian wanted to do it. Adrian wanted to do it. We were like, no, Adrian, you can't. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I think, um, I think just looking, looking quite um, distressed as I was seeing uh, paper mache exploding. Just, just, just trying not to look confused. Yeah. <laughs> In the midst of like, what's going, what's going? Oh, um, yeah, I think, I think um, imagining Boosh um, having his head cut open is not a nice thought, so. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It, was a, it was an interesting decision to do the, the kind of watermelon head there too, just in general, because yeah. that's kind of a, a big step for the last kingdom i feel like to do. <laughs> vicious kill yeah. yeah yeah it was it was it, you always wonder as i said earlier like you're always wondering what it's going to look like and then when mm-hmm. you watch it back you're like oh um and um yeah and i think it was nice having that kind of battle that you know when he's training me up like he did in season three yeah yeah he's like so like it was kind of like for full circle totally um, of just like training me up and you know he as as i say in the 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 at the episode or the next episode he's like he stood like a giant oak, giant oak or yeah. him and purelik were the ones who were who was the sta- stability in his life yeah, and then yeah. bush dies and then purelik goes against my wishes and does something else mm-hmm. and so then i'm just left totally alone to be totally manipulated by, by Ethel. Ethel. yeah good point so yeah i think it was it was a nice having that moment with first uh, stay up and you just brought up the training i wanted to ask you about this in the season four when it shows you guys training and ethel kind of comes uh adrian boucher is like 
just like whacking at you. And we know he's a big, strong dude. And I think one time he like swings his shield super hard over your head and you duck out of the way. (laughs) I mean, I'd be scared for my life. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Talk about doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's great to do that with because Mm -hmm. he's obviously such a like muscly, humongous man. Yeah. who's very good at it and actually he was the first guy i really had any kind of rehearsal with okay so we in season three we were doing this this the uh, stage stage combat and he was t- we were learning the fight mm-hmm. and uh you know i was i was quite tentative because i hadn't done stage combat in a while and you know i wasn't as good as him and and i was kind of going through the movements but he was just like going for it he was like come at me Come on, <laughs> come on, and um, you know, again, it, there's no acting required in that. And then when it came sure. to the day, it, it, and you're also like, it's, it's one thing doing it in rehearsal, and then when it comes to the day, and you're, you've got cameras set up, and you need to get it all in one go and not fuck it up. It's um, you just got to put that in your mind and um, and uh, go for it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like. Um, especially when you're wearing a wig and you are in heavy costume, you start to sweat a lot. And then, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to do it with Boosh. Yeah. Just like, thank God he didn't accidentally in the head. Yeah. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. You have to get out of the way. Like it's one of those things where you're like any step wrong, but um, yeah. It makes for a great scene. It makes for like a great looking scene. And did you have any fighting experience before the show? Um, so I did stage combat in, um, in drama school. Um, and I also fence. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, cool. But so I fenced since I was like 11 or 12. So again, I've, 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 I've had that, but actually that was more of a hindrance because it's a particular form of uh, sword fighting. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like Levy, who was the stage combat guy he'd be like oh your your you, your feet are doing this and you're kind of doing this and it, it should be just like all so actually it was more of a hindrance so uh, i had to kind of retrain my body to do like sh- sword and shield kind of stuff oh cool yeah it's very speaking cool. of that what was it like just being in that that battle at tent hall with, with just all the extras or uh background performers as you might call them or and just everyone else uh, what was that like? Oh, uh, mad, <laughs> crazy, <laughs> but so much fun. Like you're again, you're in like a three-dimensional set, and um, but it is sometimes you kind of, kind of go outside of your body, and you're like, this is bizarre. Um, I think there was one shot where they wanted to get out of the end, and um, they wanted to get a drone shot over the top, mm-hmm. so you you could only see like a mass amount of fighting. Um, and me and Jamie, they were like action and we were in the wrong place. <laughs> and, uh, and we were just like fighting and our, the, the people who we were having our choreographed fighting with weren't there. So we just found ourselves just fighting air, just fighting people oh. that weren't there <laughs> and, and just pretending like it all is. And you're just like, this is, this is nuts. This is so much fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, but it was, it was, that week was really cool because the heat as well and the way it looked and the way that Sarah uh, directed it, uh, it just came out great. 
and it looked great. Yeah, it did. And even the battle at the end of the season with the smoke and the fire was also really cool. What was that like doing that battle with all the smoke going? And Oh, wicked, because it was so unique, such mm-hmm. a unique idea. It looked great. Yeah. And it, it, it was, um, it, it kind of added another kind of element to the show. It, it's interesting that you you kind of develop these skills in like stage combat and, and I say stage combat is wrong to, to, to do these choreographed fights with these people who are excellent at it. But then putting that into an environment of either snow or like mm. heat or um, smoke. And it's such another d- um, element to it, um, which kind of hones your skills. And to be, um, to, again, you kind of like go into battle mode in a way. You kind of lose, you forget that there, there are cameras sometimes and you're just like doing these choreographed fights because it's, you can't see the cameras when there's so much smoke. So all you see are these people yelling and shouting at you to like and with swords and, and stuff and it's oh, fair, it's such a great way to escape um totally and it's such a big fucking thrill where you just like are pumped afterwards you're like yeah let's oh, do that again awesome. um yeah that's yeah, so it's a, cool it's a, it's a real high doing it you also had a really awesome shield wall call oh, we yeah. love shield walls from the last kingdom uh, yeah. what was it like just like yelling out the shield wall what was that like? Oh. I think that was like our first uh, shield wall call of the season. I think was. Well, I think Six Trigger might have done it before, and then and then Edward did it. Yeah. But. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, um, that that was that was it. I was like, I'm done. Let's go home. You know, like, <laughs> okay. um, I've only been in it to do a shield wall call. Yeah. Um, that's gonna go on my show reel. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Um, Oh man, yeah, it was. It Did was, you have to uh, practice the call? Like, was it something you wanted to practice a bunch to get right? Or? Oh yeah. yeah, I was. I was in my. I was in my apartment, just like yelling it <laughs> nonstop, um, <laughs> yelling it in the streets. Um, no, I guess that's one of the things where you're like, oh, I'm just gonna do that on okay. the on the day, and um, and also I think like Alex had. Um, Alex had this thing where he's, he's had this like really epic thing where he's coming through all these crowds. He's totally. like, he's like fighting his way to get to me. And then we, uh, you know, I think we were told to like improvise some like lines up until that he's like telling me to step down and I'm like, no. And you know, yeah. we had some like improv in that. And then to like, to like, <laughs> to like kind of push him aside, push Utrecht aside and yell myself shield wall. Yeah, you know, that's going to be my tombstone, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen, man. Well, I think we discussed when we recapped that episode about how, like, how hard would it be if you're, like, full-fledged in battle, adrenaline going, like, you're trying to survive, and then a guy comes up to you and he's like, hey, stop. Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about this. <laughs> talk us through. Let's just chill. Let's just chill a minute. Chill a second. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, what, what? Also, your your mind is just like not there to to be able to form sentences. I don't think you just yeah, exactly. just like seeing red. I can imagine there's so so much stuff going on. Like you're yeah. so stressed. Yeah. It must have been so stressful to live in those times. Like oh yeah, yeah. But I imagine even be, just being there and just all the everyone else just fighting and yelling. I guess 
was even just delivering lines back and forth? Was that kind of like just yelling at each other, hoping it, it got picked up by the mics or anything like that? Yeah, I think, I think we, we had, he, yeah, I think that the kind of direction was just improvise some dialogue. So you're, oh, okay. he's trying to step down and you, you're trying to do that. And it is like get, get, getting some of the, some of it picked up. Uh, but I think there was one moment when it was like quite far away, the camera. So you couldn't really hear or pick up. You just saw us yelling at each other. And um, I think by that point, <laughs> we were just like yelling silly insults at each other. <laughs> Stop it. Get away from me. <laughs> um, awesome. and, then, and then like just doing all this improvised silly dialogue and then finishing it with like, Shimble! <laughs> um yeah, That's so awesome. I, I think like when, it, it, when you find yourself going a bit, because you go a bit nuts sometimes, you just find, find ways to. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, that, the battle was pretty awesome. And then uh, a little bit before that, we kind of see your struggle with having seen your sons in um, Sig Trigger's possession. And there's just a really raw and emotional scene when you go back and you do like a silent scream, you know, and yeah. then you kind of break down. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like when you're watching it, you're just like, damn, that is, that's powerful stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you ever feel like drained after doing scenes like that? Cause you had so many where it was just like an emotional toll on Edward. Uh, it's interesting you say that cause the scream wasn't in the script. Um, oh. So I, again was, you know, that was a scene, that was a scene where I was like, God, this is a big one. Mm -hmm. um, like to where I have to get emotionally. I, I've, I've kind of worked this way of doing something of just going like, you, when, it, when it got to where I was quite anxious and we kind of did, did we rehearsed it. And he goes, uh, the director, it was Ed, and he was like, oh, we need to do it a bit more. I was like, I think I know what to do. So I just like did this primal scream before the scene and then went into the dialogue and that kind of gave me this like breath that it kind of affected my breath. And I kind of did the scene and I kind of felt the journey of it. And then afterwards I asked Ed, I was like, it, I, is the scream a bit too much? And he was like, yeah, the scream's too much, uh, but keep, keep the rest of it. So then I did, we then rehearsed it again without the scream and I couldn't get to the same place. So I went up to Ed afterwards. I was like, oh, could I, you don't have to keep it in, but mm. I just like to do the screen beforehand because it's getting me to where I need to be. Uh -huh. And uh, and then we would, did it a couple of times and then Ed started to actually film the screen. And he he said to me afterwards, he goes, oh yeah, I think, I think we can use it as a kind of PTSD, like silent screen and do it in silence before the scene. I was like, oh yeah, that sounds cool. So it was nice yeah. to have that kind of organic um, way of working with a director where you were kind of like collaborating and putting in ideas and stuff. Yeah, it felt natural for his character too, because like for me, the way I was looking at Edward is he was like trying to really put up this facade that he was Alfred, that he had everything figured out. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, here we go. We've got the enemy has both my kids. I've got to go in there and like, I've got to seem professional as I walk away. And then it's just, mm. it's going all out. Like once yeah. I can get alone, it's just releasing. Wow. Yeah, man. It, 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 he's just failed. 
that yeah. he's just lost everything. And it is that moment when you are just like in free fall and you are just, and he, he's literally just pacing. And he, he, I think he says just like, what do I do? I cannot do this over and yeah. over again. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I think, I think what was key to that was just like not really sticking, I mean, sticking to the lines, but you know, like just allowing it to kind of bleed into the lines and throwing in some more because you're just in a state where you're not in control and mm -hmm. your emotion is just being taken over. And it's nice that like throughout the, the whole of the series, he's trying to maintain this control and keep this Alfred air. But by that point, it's just like fight or flight and he's just lost it completely. So it was nice to have that uh, emotion kind of take over and show that other side to him, you know? Wow. Now, did you have any favorite scenes that you did, whether it be season three or four? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there was there was another scene where I, I can't remember what episode it was, but it was with Sarah, and I find out at the dinner table that yeah. um, that I've been betrayed, basically. Mm. And that was another thing where I was like, "Shit, this is like a moment," and. I think we came to the rehearsal, we came to rehearse it. And I was just underplaying it. And I was just like playing it safe. And I knew I was playing it safe. Okay. And I said to Sarah and I was like, is this, is this, she goes, no, 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 I think he needs to be more angry. I think this is when he shows it. So we rehearsed it again and I was still playing it safe. And then they're like, okay, let's set up for the cameras and stuff. And I, I just went away to like another part of the set and, um, I was I was kind of uh, shaking because I realised I was fucking myself over, and I was you know too I was being too self conscious, and I was like just not uh, able to uh, do the scene justice. And so then I kind of went away and came back to Sarah, and I was like, "Do you mind if we do another re rehearsal, but just have a fuck it run?" Which I used to do at like drama school and stuff, and to just fuck it like throw all the stuff at the wall and see what sticks yeah. no matter how believable or if it's right for the character so we then like she sent the, then sent the guys away she was so great and she was like okay we're gonna do a fuck it run and then that scene i was just eating this like leg of chicken or whatever and then i was just really eating this chicken and throwing it and shouting and going way too far just going way too far and afterwards, I was like, oh, I've got it out. It's kind of like the primal screen thing, I guess. I yeah. was like, I've got this out now. And she was like, I, was, I went up to Sarah and I was like, that was too much, wasn't it? She goes, yeah, but there were some great elements in that. And then from that point, we managed to find like this equilibrium in the scene where it was the right moment of him like listening what was going on and then him dropping the knife and just yeah. going for it. And uh, yeah, I went away from that scene thinking oh i think that was that was um some nice elements to that and i'm glad that i got out of my own way to to do it totally the scene came out really well and so did a lot of the scenes with um you arguing with ellsworth and eliza mm. butterworth is, is it weird to like uh to argue with eliza butterworth and when it's cut she's like the bubbliest person oh man <laughs> yeah she's oh yeah but she's you know she's such a great actor that you you, mm -hmm. you, 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 it's it's so great to work with, and then afterwards, just to, to, to uh, yeah, as you say, like just um, 
pretty friendly towards each other. But um, yeah, we we had some really nice scenes together, and she's great. She's great. Who do you really like to do uh, scenes with, or who's your favorite, or or even who do you wish you had more scenes with? Ah, uh, uh, Ian Ian Hart. Um, but now, he's like the most common answer when we ask that question. <laughs> yeah, he's he's. Yeah, he, I mean, I did manage to have quite a lot of scenes in season three. Um, but, you know, he's, he, yeah, he's just such, such a, and also his stories are just incredible about, you know, you know, the kind of jobs he's done. And, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, he, he's sorely missed. Yeah. Um, now this season four, we kind of start off by seeing that you are pretty distant with Ale Flood and, uh, I think his name's Aylford, um, your son. Mm. Could you talk maybe a little bit about where that kind of stems from? You know, like, why was he so distant kind of at the beginning? Because I feel like when we left off in season three, it wasn't like that. Yeah, I think the, you know, there's that whole, oh, I've got a really squeaky chair. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, uh, the, yeah, I think, you know, there's that whole pretext about, um, his the one he truly loved he couldn't be with mm. and um having even though it was a legitimate marriage in his in his uh in his eyes and it was because he, he was married but um, right. and then i think having his love true love taken away and uh into this other marriage he yeah and i think he just he also just doesn't have time to um be with her or um, be with his son who uh even though his, and his other son has been sent away. Yeah. Um, I think there's also like a lot of Alfred in that as well. Cause Alfred was very, um, he had lots of women and it's totally. just, he's just being a dick really. Edward. Yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's the sort of shit out really. <laughs> yeah. But it's cool to kind of see you starting at the end of the season to reconcile with Ethelstan. And even though, you know, you can't keep him around, it's dangerous for him and it would look bad. Um, to kind of set up for what season five is probably going to look like in sending him with Uhtred. Um, mm. But I really love the scene where you were kind of telling him to go away, go away. And then he brings you like a, a toy king. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, yeah, a good yeah. king. And it's like something Edward really needed to hear at the time, too. Yeah. yeah. It's, like that, it's like that bit in White Fang, you know, when he's like chucking, chucking the stones at White Fang. To, have you seen, have you seen oh, that? Yeah. Oh, he's uh, like, yeah. go. Go away. And the, go. Yeah. And the wolf comes back. He's like, go away. That's what I was thinking of when that scene was happening. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It, I think um, I think in that kind of scene, there's just you know again like circling back to his relationship with his own father, and um, I think I think there's also something about uh, like he's getting caught up in all this massive you know ruling and power and all these all these battles and listening to him whatever and then when it comes to something so pure as a relationship with a son and i think there's something quite nice about that where it's oh this is what really matters mm -hmm. um and and also he will become the first king of united england so it's it's yeah. it's um yeah i think i think there's those moments in the show with other with other scenes as well with the other characters where you kind of forget about everything that's going on and what's what's really um important is like the relationships with you you have with other people and yeah that kind of thing yeah what yeah go ahead steve no edward, edward just seems like he's coming around though at the end end of the season and uh 
Uh, one of my favorite uh, parts, though, is when he's telling Uhtred that he needs to raise Ethelstan and to get him to know Northumbria because, mm. and then uh, he drops the line that that's the last kingdom. Like, <laughs> the last what, kingdom. Was, it's just what like was, when you're listening did they tell to an you album like, <laughs> and you hear the album name in a song? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, there yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a bit in Family Guy, isn't it? Yep. When they're watching something. And the quest for peace. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the name of this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, and also, it was also, it comes with, with great within that line. There's great power and great responsibility, and you, um, you can't like, because then you start playing it too much because you just hear the Last Kingdom all the time. So yeah. then you're just you're really like concentrating on not like putting too much emphasis, right, as the show title. Um, but I was tempted to <laughs> kind of just being like, and Northumbria is the last kingdom. <laughs> and yeah. just doing it like a, <laughs> like a gym, like a just gym moment. And Northumbria, it's the last kingdom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. how it should have been. Credits. Um, <laughs> yeah, just doing like a little, little nod to camera or whatever. That's but, funny. Um, uh, yeah, that, I guess that would be, yeah, it was, yeah it was, that was a fun, fun kind of, and that was the last scene I think I filmed with that series. So, yeah. Now, what are some things that you love about Edward? I think it is the kind of universal thing of, uh, of problem solving and mm -hmm. having all these, all these older influential figures telling you what's right and what's wrong, even if it's leading you down a different way. And he's trying to come up with his own, he's been trying to be his own man. And I think, um, you know, being in your father's shadow is always a hard thing to do. So I think his, his, I think his just his tenacity to try and do what he think is right. Mm -hmm. Like it, totally. even if it's wrong, sometimes he is following what he believes to be right and to protect Wessex at all costs. And also he's very, he's very good at, um, very good at, uh, telling, telling stories. Um, you know, when he, when, he, when he goes back into his room and the, the, the doors are closed, he was just like, retell a story to someone, maybe joke around, yeah. maybe have a fun time. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah <that's> cool. <laughs> He's Is very it... good at rapping as well. Oh, yeah? Okay. Not many people know that about him. But, like, very good at rapping. But uh, you don't see that on the show. So. They cut those scenes. Season five, right? Yeah. Season, five? Season five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rat battle for Northumbria. You said there's yeah. other ways of getting Northumbria. <laughs> and that's exactly what he meant. <laughs> so when it goes down to it, man, he can, he is wax lyrical, you know. It's all right. the it's like Last Kingdom <laughs> season five is going to be like Hamilton. Just like rap battles. For... <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I love it. Is, is there anything that you, you don't like about Edward? Uh, his rapping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, oh, not not listening to the the, the important women in his life that mm. need to be listened to. Um, um, you know, I think there's you know bit of, bit of misogyny in there um, of just listening to the older men and not really going with the right information. Um, yeah, he kind of dismisses his mom like before she even says anything a lot in yeah. season four. Yeah. And I think there's that, you know, there's that hard thing to shake of just being like not wanting to listen to your mum and just True. being like, I know, no, get out, get out. 
Um, probably that he um, he chooses the wrong person, people to listen to. Okay, interesting. Besides the epic rap battle with Whitgar for Northumbria, yeah. mm-hmm. what else yeah. do you do you want from Edward in season five? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's all I want. Um, um, I, I think that after watch, you know, like watching, watching it, kind of experiencing it, you know, maybe I think he needs to kind of start making, um, the right decisions and, um, be more, less vulnerable. I think, uh, season four, he was quite vulnerable in a way that can be useful as a king. Um, I think with age, and years of experience i think he should uh be able to um be more trusting and uh make the right decisions and um show more authority yeah and i I mean i think it's cool though that the show kind of went in the direction of edward having struggles in season four and hopefully like in season five he like will have learned from those because i think we forget sometimes even alfred like lost wessex you know back in season one you know their mistakes were made and then they come back better for it you know Mm. and i guess that's where you get the uh, conflict isn't it conflict is always interesting and it's exactly when it's when it's used in that way it can be very um also like maybe just listen to utrid a bit more like he's he's he (laughs) everyone disregards him everyone's like no like at the beginning of season four he's like can i just have some men to do this thing i'm like no no Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. No, 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 no. Um, so maybe, maybe you know, you know, trust the drainman a bit more um, yeah. because he seems to kind of uh, have has his shit sorted out. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't have made for a, that interesting of a season though if he had yeah. just let him have the men just take Northumbria and then yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That. <laughs> and then the the rap battle with Whitgirl won't happen. You know, exactly. So, like, wouldn't have happened. <laughs> See, Edward knows what he's doing. <laughs> Yeah, that's what he wants. And... <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. It's all that's my super objective for the show, just to get my rap, just to get my rap kind of career going. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, do you have any challenges when it comes to playing the character? Um, interesting. I think it's just one's own uh, self doubt and mm-hmm. um, anxiety, which kind of um, comes in as an actor, um, and you're just wondering. It's just trusting yourself and getting out of your own way. You always have this little, little voice in your head. It's going like, oh, this is rubbish. What are you doing? Uh-huh. This, is, this is rubbish. What are you doing? And you're just like, get out, get out, um, get out of my head. Um, you hear those voices too, right, guys? Oh, God, <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 They, Absolutely. They seem to have come in more during hear, this pandemic. I hear well, a lot I like of voices in my head. Though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. if you only have one or two, it's not enough. So maybe no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get those voices in there, and you know it keeps you humble, doesn't it? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think that's that's got to be a normal thing too, and I think probably kind of having that type of personality that just wants it to be good, it wants it, you want it to be the best it can be. Mm. I think that's that's probably only natural too. Mm. Yeah, and really, mm-hmm. second half of season four was a lot of Edward. I think mm. it's, it's like his did, story. I'd like to see the screen time numbers. I don't know if you had the most screen time, but it like. Oh. It seemed like it, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. I sometimes, I sometimes would just like walk in the background, even if I wasn't in the scene, just yeah. to like, just to get in there, get the screen even time up. Not, yeah, 
<laughs> even if I'm not supposed to be in like Northumbria, I'll just be like, just be like in the background, just for the extra. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. One thing we always like to ask because we always talk about our favorite shows and movies. Uh, what's something you've been watching recently, or what's what's one of your favorite movies or shows? Oh, old. Well, recently that I've been watching anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been. Uh, well, I've done like you know Ozark and. Um, oh, I love what, Ozark. Yeah, I mean that's just Jason Bateman solving problems, right? It's it is, great. and then it was. Um, Who's, you saw the second season? I think it was the second season that the guy who plays the brother who's staying. Oh, yeah, yeah. He yeah, has yeah. like a, a monologue in the car. Oh, yeah. Is that in the and, third season? When he's just before he's like, we're giving away the nice. Well, yeah, we won't spoil it. But um, yeah, but you know who I'm talking about. The brother kind of yeah. comes in and he's kind of annoying for the most part. But then you learn more about him gradually. Yeah, and at yeah, the end, yeah, he yeah. delivers that speech, and you kind of realize what's going on in, in his head. You yeah, know, it kind of brings you to tears. Like it was such a well done performance. Yeah, man. Like it, it it's. I think we 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 were watching it during lockdown, mm-hmm. and kind of binge through that, and uh, kind of doing the boys at the moment, um, which is. Which we is just released so an great. episode on the boys. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Homeland, yep. man, that that guy, what a guy! Um, it's amazing, and it's also when you think it's when you think you know it's going down a one route, it kind of flips it on its head, and mm-hmm. it's always keeping you on your on your toes, which I think is really refreshing as a show. And it has um, all these social commentaries about like kind of making a joke about what's really going on in the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's amazing how they do it. Yeah. 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 Apart from that, you've been keeping up with the new season that's been coming out with the boys. Oh, the boys! Yeah. So we just watched the um, the re- episode five, I think it was. Um, was it episode five? I think yeah, four or five. Yeah, the one with the yeah. laser and the oh man, you know what? <laughs> we were like, what? <laughs> and then, then it's uh, yeah, it's so hard not to say without giving it away. Yeah, we can't, we can't um, say it, but, but we recommend the show. Everybody should watch it. Maybe not everybody. And also the first time that like, because throughout the series, you're like loving black noir and you're like, yeah. <laughs> this guy's, this guy's great. And then in the last episode, you're like, oh no, this guy's really scary. He's yeah. super um, scary. Yeah. I love how he's just kind of like, he's just kind of doing his own thing a lot of the time and being funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's yeah, also yeah. like the most like, formidable opponent for <laughs> yeah maybe besides homelander yeah oh, yeah it's really um because it's produced by seth rogan right like yeah i saw that he and he's he makes a cameo too in one of the episodes oh um, yeah, yeah yeah and also when like bill butcher's just getting he's just goes to that place to get beaten the shit out of so he can feel something and just yeah. like kind of just feeling every, it was just it was that last episode was kind of really punchy and we yeah. it was really great i feel like he's a very underrated actor that guy um, yeah because he was in lord of the rings as well right yeah yeah he was in, yeah, he was in uh, lord of the rings uh, uh thor star, ragnarok. The new star trek thor ragnarok oh yeah 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 he's so many big things but like, i feel like he's like still he's not like a christopher hemsworth you know he's like, yeah <laughs> no he's not a christopher hemsworth or a christopher pine or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know anything like that but <laughs> no but yeah so the boys is great 
That's really awesome. Now, what kind of goals do you have with your career? Oh, whoa, whoa, wow. Whoa, what a question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just, you know, um, hope to keep on, keep on keeping on, you know. Yeah. Because at the moment, it's quite a, you know, scary time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about what's been going on in the world. But... What's been going on outside? <laughs> yeah. This year? I yeah, this yeah, was yeah. a pretty uneventful year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we just decided oh. to just stay in our houses in March anyways. And then, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I've been doing? I'm like, whenever I find myself, like, getting the COVID scaries or overthinking it, I just either do some, like, exercise or try and figure out the plot of Tenet. And either way, for the next hour, my mind is just like focused on those things. That's a great um, strategy. That's a yeah. great strategy. Because I'm still like, wait, who is that guy? What was going on? Hey, if you if you really don't want the the COVID scaries or the world scaries, don't watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Oh, really? Because mm. We just That's watched crazy. that. It's about social media. And like how the, they like designed it to like be addictive and stuff. And it just, it freaked me out. I watched it before bed. Don't watch it before bed, dude. Don't. Oh, no. Yeah, that's a crazy <laughs> no, movie. No, no. Everybody should watch it, I think. Yeah. Um, but watch it early but, in the day. But speaking of, you know, we didn't ask you about this, but speaking of things that are going on in the world with that episode six of oh. The Last Kingdom, where mm. you guys had your own kind of pandemic in the show. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like to kind of watch that after, I mean, obviously you guys didn't know about it when you were filming, but like then all of a sudden it's real. Yeah. And also there was the scene when they're trying to steal loads of stuff. I think it's like loads of people. And then um, Uhtred is like sharing out the grain. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, like yeah. evenly because everyone's trying to get their own grain. And that was at a point when everyone was stealing toilet, stealing, stealing toilet paper. And uh, you couldn't find any eggs or pasta in the supermarket. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, yeah, there was a, there was a sense of um, being very much on the nose. Um, yeah. It was, that was very, very strange, which none of us kind of obviously predicted. But um, yeah. How was it like watching that? Were you just like... It freaked me out. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was in April. It was like, it was like the first... Uh, we had just ended... Uh, working uh, somewhere and then we were out on lockdown and I I even thought I was exposed to someone it turns out I'm fine I was fine but then you know April we're in lockdown and then all of a sudden like we just had that crazy battle where you're worrying like who's gonna die next and then then the the political episode and then all of a sudden it's just coughing and running from the virus and I was just like closing borders I mean you can just talk all day about the parallels oh yeah Cause I'm like, like, close the gates, close yeah, the gates. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you weren't think, sure. It was like, what is the best, you know? Like, yeah. It, it really was. Um, it was exactly. It, it's strange. Cause all this, all this stuff that's like happening is so, uh, it's like everything's been thrown into the writer's room and everything's kept. That's like 2020. Like it's, it's so much, it's like one thing after another. And apparently there's like this, small asteroid that's supposed to hit on election day that's like the size of a refrigerator and you're like of course that's what's happening and of oh, course yeah. that's normal um Wait, now, and then... okay robert pattinson was who was he the son and was john washington yeah okay i'm better now i'm better now. 
<laughs> wait, wait, wait. Um, on election day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like our election day or you, like? Uh, your election day, yeah. Oh, um, cool. Apparently, well, I just was watching Neil deGrasse <laughs> Tyson talk about it. <laughs> um, and apparently it's like the size of a refrigerator or something. Apparently it's like not that much bigger deal. Okay, okay but, good. Um, <laughs> So, sorry to get this news from me. <laughs> if that's all the universe can throw at us in 2020, like that's that's pretty lame. I think it like doesn't even do phase us anymore. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's jumped the shark, hasn't it? Like yeah. totally. And is there anything else in the future that um, that you've worked on that we can expect coming up? Oh, um, uh, apart from screaming into pillows, um, nothing. Nothing much. <laughs> Are you going to film that? And, and... Maybe. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think, you know, just, just like taking, taking stuff out on inanimate mm. objects and making it into art uh, might, might kind of, might, might pitch to Netflix about that. But, you oh. know, a- apart from that, um, you know, probably hopefully... So the Last Kingdom is the next thing on the on the agenda. Yeah, so hopefully cool. we're going to start filming that in November. Awesome. And uh, yeah, and then uh, whether the future holds, um, who knows? Um, yeah. But yeah. That's, that's awesome. I just wanted to ask you quick too about some of the videos I saw on your Twitter. Yeah. Um, with like the kids countdown and the Mother Nature. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan. Um, no, no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. No, it's it's pretty funny stuff, actually. Um, especially the Mother Nature. I really like. <laughs> yeah. Just be like some guy savagely murdering somebody else, and they'll think yeah. they won, and then during, some. <laughs> during like lockdown, I um I I started to buy post-it notepads uh-huh. and make flip books, and um, I th- it just started with me like them recording it and putting it up. And then I realized I could start putting like the narration from like Apocalypse Now onto yeah. it or like the narration or the plastic bag scene in um, American Beauty or, or Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. And man, like it occupied a lot of my time. And I used to trick my mind into being like, okay, this is my job now. I'm going to spend the whole day making this flip book, editing it, putting it up. And that's that's what I do now. This is yeah. why this is what I do now. And um, and then I, yeah, those countdown videos. I've just got my like nieces and nephews to um, okay. be a part of it. But I think you can slowly see the gradual decline of me through those Mother Nature. Like uh, oh. to, to begin with, <laughs> I'm so fresh faced, and then I then I uh, have a slow breakdown, um, <laughs> <laughs> as most of us, I'm sure. I, I, I love the thread of like where you just think these kids are so dumb in the kids countdown things. <laughs> Yeah. And then they like turn around and like get really existential on you. Yeah. And you're just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite moment, because I'd just be sending my sisters stuff for them to say. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, are, what is funny stuff that kids can say? And then when, when one of my nephews said the line, have you thought about investing in Bitcoin? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I was like, yes. I was just amusing myself. So, yeah. It was a good thing too. I love the one where the kids like about the ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It got very. Um, I think I just watched Midnight Gospel, 
um, that animation on uh, Duncan Trussell thing and mm. uh, started to get very um, existential and um, whatever, whatever. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad uh, you like them. Yeah, they're pretty funny, actually. People check them out. Um, mm. But yeah, Steve, do you have any other more questions? We have Tim here today. No, that was excellent. Thank you for coming on and talk with us today. This was great. Um, yeah. yeah. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, now are you, you're not on Instagram, right? You're on Twitter. No, I'm on Twitter, yeah. Okay. So yeah, check. We'll link his Twitter down below. Um, we'll link his IMDB down below as well. So definitely check out uh, Timothy Innes. And please subscribe to Screen Chronicles, guys, and follow us. We'll have more to come. And like us on Facebook, follow on uh, Instagram. And we're, not, we're on Twitter now as well. Um, so we appreciate that. And uh, Tim, is there anything else you want to say to the fans before we go? Um... Keep on screaming into those pillows. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. Um, but for now, goodbye from uh, Cynthia Lewis and Steve. Uh-huh.